It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. This thing has dumpster fire written all over it. Once in a while, a pirate can beat a soldier. Now their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Welcome to the South Sandy Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Zimmel. We have a jam-packed show for you today, guys. We're going all over the place, uh, talking a little bit about pop culture, but of course, we also have the NBA and uh, baseball to talk about, because baseball is in full swing. Get it? The baseball joke. All right. Bigger than that, though, is that we're trying to get me paid for doing this. So we need monetization. So we've I've contacted a couple other people. I've reached out to some people trying to get naming rights, stuff like that, live reads, all the good stuff. The problem is, is that they don't have the numbers and they want more numbers for how many downloads I get, the streams, all that type of stuff. So I'm going to talk to some people that might know about that. But what would be a really cool thing to do is to like, share and subscribe this podcast. So I know you guys all have Facebook because everybody and their grandmother has a Facebook. Here's what I need you to do. Download the link or just share the link on wherever you're listening to it, whether it be iHeart, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever. What you need to do is you need to share this podcast link and then tell all your friends it's life and death for them to listen. So we get more streams. So if these numbers really big, I get more money, more money for me, more means better content for you. Because if I'm happy and I do this a lot, you get more content. If I don't get paid for this, you know, this, the podcast episodes, they start falling off because I don't have the uh, the love of the game. Listen, uh, that's a bogus lie. Nobody is playing for the love of the game anymore. Everybody's playing for money. We're just trying to play the game. All right, that's out of the way. So like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Send it everywhere you can. I'm Andrew Zimmel, so you know this is going to be a wild podcast. All right, first off, if you haven't heard this song before, you're not missing a whole lot. And it's becoming the song of this March Madness. I never thought I'd say this, but Old Town Road is in my head. It's it's never gone away. So about two weeks ago, I went to College Station to see my buddies up there uh, at Texas A&M. And his girlfriend played this song for me. I'd never heard it before. This isn't like, I'm not lying to you. This is the first time I've ever heard the song was at A&M. And it was so aggy. It made so much sense uh, to hear it there, right? And that's nothing against them. It's a good song. I like the song, but it's very, it's very on brand for Texas A&M, for them to, for them to be the ones to show it to me. So I listened to it a couple times. I looked up the guy, Little Nas X. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Little Nas X. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, look, SoundCloud rappers, they usually the the panout for that's pretty small. There's not a whole lot of SoundCloud rappers that make it, right? For every chance of rapper, there's like, you know, fifty thousand Chicago rappers that don't ever make it. So I, I didn't have a lot of expectations for this, but then I did a little bit of research. And this song has been trending for the last month, just about. It got to number 15 on the hot uh, hits list on Billboard. But recently, I think it was earlier this week, Billboard's Top 100 Hot Country Song Chart, they take it off uh, and they say, listen, it doesn't. it's not up to par with the country music that people know and love. Right? It doesn't fit the brand of country music. Which to that I reply, what's a brand of country music? You have to sing about like, you know, your your truck, uh, your tractor, your cows in the field. 
I mean, look, if you haven't heard the song, there's going to be, I'll play the video. Uh, I'll post this link with the video that I made uh, kind of spoofing Texas A&M with this song. So you'll, you'll see the video. You'll see the link. It's pretty good. Uh, but, you know, so now Rolling Stones reported today. So Billy Ray Cyrus, you might know him from Achy Breaky Heart or the Hannah Montana show, depending on uh, what medium you, you got your Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, <laughs> where, where you got him from. So they're going to do a remix of the song. And the point of this is to get Lil Nas X the stamp of approval from country music. This song, again, if you never heard the song, uh, I'm not going to play it for you here, but you, you can go look it up. Old Town Road. The point of the song is that it, it's, it mixes, I'm going to say, country folk with like, you know, current day hip hop. It's a weird, it's a weird mix. But the question is, is that. Florida Georgia Line has been doing this like the last decade, it feels like, at least the last five years. They've been doing this type of music. And why are they on the country hot list and this guy's not? The only thing is, and I know that we we hate to bring this up, but, you know, this guy is uh, uh, a little bit more edgy. I'm going to say a little bit more, you know, cultured, we'll put it that way, uh, than Florida Georgia Line. That's the only thing that the people are thinking of. Me, off the rails, I just think it's a funny song. I like the song, and I don't understand why they would take it off the hot country list. Listen, country music died, and I'll tell you exactly when. Country music died when Taylor Swift turned her back on it for pop music. Because the minute that the queen of country was like, nah, I'd rather do pop music, that industry died. How many other industry guys have you seen? We've never seen anything like that with her switching genres like this. And now she is, you know, I'm going to say a top five uh, female pop artist. But she would have been number one in country music. And people started listening to country music because of Taylor Swift. So when she turned, you know, the entire industry fell apart. That's my hot take uh, on the music industry. So anyway, Old Town Road, you're going to hear a remix pretty soon with Billy Ray Cyrus. I'm here for it. I, I think Billy Ray is a joke, so I'm here for a jokey song. We're here for it. All right, so now baseball overreaction. Episode 32, we did all of our baseball stuff. I don't know why that didn't get posted when it should have. It should have got posted earlier. Uh, and it didn't, and that's weird, but I'm not going to complain too much about it. You know, what, what can you do? It's on me probably. So the baseball thing, I gave you all the breakdowns, all the, uh, expectations and so far, none of them have come to pass. All right. We're only like seven games in We're we're not even two weeks into the season. And the overreaction machine is already at a hundred percent because baseball only gets really, the baseball only gets coverage in the beginning of the season at the end of the season. And this is Unlike any other podcast that I've ever done, I'm going to try to keep up uh, with baseball from the time it starts to the time it ends. We'll see if we do it. It's going to be tough. Uh, we're getting more podcast equipment. That's another side note. But we're getting a little bit more podcast equipment. Uh, so hopefully we can do this podcast from the sanctity of my house instead of having to drive to Austin or go to uh, another radio booth to record it. So if we can do this from my house, big bet that we will be doing podcasts and doing live feeds and all that type of good stuff uh, from my apartment. And you're going to get probably up-to-date reactions on Sunday Night Baseball, all that type of good stuff. Because we like to put these podcast episodes out and it's good content, I think. And I get enough streams. Uh, that doesn't stop you from flashback, share, like, and subscribe. So anyway, the Yankees uh, will, might never win another game. Okay, this isn't an overreaction. This is just me being uh, super pessimistic. Going two and four right now. They're two and four right now. They've dropped games to the Orioles, who 
I don't know if you if you hadn't listened to it. I'll, I'll tell it again because it's a, it's stupid now. But I said that we can't lose enough. We can't lose games to the Orioles. And I said at the beginning of the season that if you're going to win the American League East, the most competitive division in baseball, at least the most competitive division in the American League at this point, uh, you can't lose games to the Orioles. You can't drop games to the Orioles. To the Blue Jays, and especially to the Tigers. And they've done all of that. Okay, They haven't dropped any games to the Blue Jays yet. They haven't played them, but I can guarantee you if they keep playing this way, they will. So they're 2-4 and four right now. The Rays are 5-2. and two. Now, I remember at the beginning of the season, I said, and like two weeks ago, I said that the Rays were going to be good, and I thought that they had a chance to become a wild card team, but I thought the Yankees were better. I thought the Yankees had the more um, experience. They've, they've been in that type of spot before. I thought they had the type of hitters. Uh, they they are gonna they broke the home run record for a team last year, and I thought that they're gonna really double down on it again this year. Giancarlo Stanton I thought was gonna come back and be better than he was uh, last year. Let me read you the notable names on the IR right now for the Yankees. It's about half the team: Tulowitzki, Cece Sabathia, Severino, who's a bum, uh, Dylan Baturnas, uh, Abdu- uh, Aduja. Ajuja, screw it, I messed that up for you. Uh, Giancarlo Stan, Didi DeGorius, and of course Ellsbury, who is always hurt, who I don't think will ever wear the pinstripes again. He's day to day. I don't see him coming back. Uh, that contract is just wasting money. Just wasting money. And I think if we went, we're going to go off the rails a little bit here again, because this is a South Sandy podcast. Uh, I don't think that this Ellsbury, I think this Ellsbury contract is the reason that we didn't go out and try to sign Bryce Harper or we didn't go harder after, why we really didn't go after anybody else uh, in the offseason. Right? So because he had such a big contract, because the Yankees whiffed so hard on him, I think that's the reason that we didn't go out and try to go get one of these guys. And I think that that's going to be the, to the detriment of the Yankees uh, when it's all said and done. And the other thing is, too, that there are dudes that are still sitting there on the open market. Dallas Keuchel, I don't think, has been signed. Why are we not calling him up? Severino has a messed up shoulder, uh, and we don't know if it's like how when he's going to come back. He's on the 10-day uh, disabled list right now. But those, those lingering shoulder injuries for a pitcher in baseball, we might not see him till like, March. Not March. What am I saying? May or June. You see, these days are getting all confused, too. It's never never a good thing to do these podcasts super early in the morning. All right, the only thing that we really can take away, though, if you're a Yankee fan or if maybe you're a Yankee hater and you just hate the Red Sox more, the Red Sox are 2-5 and five right now. So the Yankees are last in the division. And that's all you really can ask for uh, if you're a Yankee fan is that the Red Sox are struggling a little bit more. Granted, I think the Red Sox have played a little bit better competition than the Yankees. I don't think, again... I said this before. You can't if you're the Yankees, you cannot lose games to the Orioles. You can't. This is not good. This is very, very, very bad. Also, in Topsy Turvy World. In Topsy Turvy World, the Astros are two and five after losing a game to the Rangers last night. The Rangers end up winning both of their ser- season series, or not season series, both of the, their first two series of the season uh, against the Cubs. And against the Astros. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that the Rangers were going to play two teams I thought potentially had chances to win their divisions, the Astros in the AL West and, of course, the Cubs in the NL Central, uh, and they would win both those series to start the season, I would have called you crazy. I wouldn't. Have, I would not have seen this coming at all. And the other thing is, see, the, the Indians are 2-3. and three, So every single division winner, 
every single team that we thought was going to be a division winner at this point, and then the Yankees, of course, being a wild card favorite, uh, are struggling. None of them are playing very well. So it's interesting to see like what, how they're doing this early in the season. Again, really overreaction. I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Yankees will ever win another game. We're we're at DefCon five at this point because uh, I'm worried, but I'm not like worried enough to. Uh, start sending letters to Aaron Boone. I like Aaron Boone. I think Aaron Boone's a pretty good uh, general ma- or uh, manager right now. I think that he's doing a good enough job. I just think that Tulowitz getting hurt. I think this is going to be really tough for the Yankees, especially with Didi out too. Um, maybe in July, June or July, we really start kicking it up. But for the time being, you're going to see these overreactions. All right, moving on to the NBA. Shaquille O'Neal, the big fella, the Superman. We can't call him that anymore because he gives his nickname away to Giannis. And I know that this is this isn't really uh, too much. I I don't put too much into this because he fought with Dwight Howard for Dwight Howard's entire career over the nickname Superman. He fought with Dwight Howard his entire career, and now he gives it to Giannis. Giannis, twenty four years old, and Shaq says to Giannis, he says, "Look, he he said he said that Giannis is better than he was at twenty four. And this is 100% true, because if you look at it, so Shaq in the year 20, at age 24, his fifth season in the league, 26 points per game, 12.5 rebounds, 3 assists, about 3 blocks, 2.9 blocks, 57% from the floor, 72% from, or I'm sorry, 48% from the free throw line. Now let's look at Giannis, 27 points per game, 12.5 rebounds, so Almost identical points per game, almost identical rebounds per game at this point. 5.9 assists, a block and a half, uh, so not as many blocks, about half as many blocks. Uh, 57.7% from the floor, identical. It's really incredible, honestly, how how good Giannis has been this entire time. How, how we we don't, I, again, because, what, because of Harden and the way that Harden has been playing recently, uh, it's, it's starting to split. And Giannis might sit out some games. We've, we've been rumored, he's been rumored to like have load management. They've got pretty much the number one seed clenched up at this point uh, in Milwaukee. So why would you play him the last like week of the season? Like let him sit out the last three games, get him ready for the playoffs. If Harden continues to play the way he's been playing, I could see it switching, swinging over. But man, if Giannis doesn't win the MVP this year, he's got to win it next year. You got to think that this dude has been the way he put on a show this year, just put the Milwaukee Bucks on his back and just carried them. And that's 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 what he does. He's he now he now is I think surpassed LeBron and Durant as the best player in the league. And I know we say this like every year that there's like a really good player. We said this about Curry. We said is he now the face of the league and all this type of stuff. I don't think Giannis will ever be the face of the league. I think that him and uh, Kim Olajuwon both have the same. I'm not going to call it problem, but I'm going to call it issue, is that American media doesn't do a very good job of promoting international stars. We'll put it that way. The same way that Joel Embiid is doing these Hulu commercials, uh, I don't think Giannis will ever be the face of the league. Maybe he does. And if he does, you know, shame on me. But I, I don't see him being the face of the league in the next like three or four years. But Steph Curry, I think that he is the next guy up. Honestly, after LeBron leaves, he he will be the guy that people will pay more attention to, especially now that we're getting rumors that Durant's going to the Knicks. We've had like four or five reports now, quote unquote, confirming that Durant's going to the Knicks. I don't buy it. I want him to go to the Knicks. I think that'd be interesting. I, I think that it would be good for the sport if the Knicks are good. Now, going to the Knicks doesn't guarantee that the Knicks are going to be good. 
him and Kyrie and potentially Zion Williamson going to the Knicks doesn't make the Knicks uh, a title contender. But I do think that they will be an interesting show, and I think it will make more sense for the Knicks to have all these televised games. Because there was one year that they had almost more televised games than the Miami Heat uh, when LeBron was in Miami. So it's it's going to be interesting. All right, going on now, John Morant declares for the NBA draft. If you don't know him, he's the guy from Murray State. He's the dude that had the triple-double uh, in, the, uh, in the tournament. I think he's a top five pick. At this point, I think I like him more than R.J. Barrett, which is interesting because R.J. Barrett was an All-American. I think John Morant made the All-American team too. Uh, but the way Barrett played in that Duke game, we didn't get to talk about it. We didn't get to break it down because other things came up. But the way that he played in that Duke game. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. To end it, where he thought that he was the best player on the court, I don't know. Look, I'm not the guy that's I'm not the bad guy here. I'm not the guy that's going to come out and try to crucify a college kid and say like, "Oh, this is this dude's so bad and this is all terrible. He had a terrible game." I'm not going to do that. What I will say is I will say that I thought that he could have played better, RJ Barrett. And I think John Morant's going to be a top 5 pick in the NBA draft. I think that this hype machine is pretty uh pretty crazy. His ceiling to me is Donovan Mitchell. Which is weird because Donovan Mitchell is only a second-year player, but I think is I think John Morant could be as good or better than De, uh, Donovan Mitchell. I think his floor is Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I don't think that he can be any worse than Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins not a terrible NBA player, but again, kind of a disappointment uh, for the number one overall pick. All things considered, so I, I like John Morant. I think he's a top five pick. He, he declares for the NBA draft. I think a lot of us knew that was going to come. Uh, again, another topic we didn't get to talk to, and again, it's kind of out of the news. So we didn't, we're not going to spend like a ton of time on it, but Nipsey Hussle dies. We could have done this in the music segment, but Nipsey Hussle uh, ends up getting murdered. Uh, they think they found the killer. Um, we're not completely sure, so I'm not going to like tell you, hey, they found the killer. But Russell Westbrook, who was close to Nipsey, a lot of NBA players were, a lot of guys are. Uh, well, Westbrook goes out there and has a 20-20-20 game, only the second one in NBA history to have a 20-20-20 game. This is something that, is honestly not only historic. Like if he did this on any given Wednesday night, on like a ESPN late night game against the Nuggets or something, we would say, "Wow, that's like incredible." But the fact that he did it and he was like, you know, in remembrance of Nipsey, doing all this type of stuff to kind of remember, like memorize him, remember his friend, all this type of good stuff. And you know, the song uh, with Nipsey, 2020, make it sixty, right? Like. The the fact that he went out here and did all that type of stuff is in, incredible. It's honestly, and I, I wrote this down because I thought it was really interesting. 
that this is the this is up there because what Westbrook has some memorable moments. Like I, whether you hate him or love him, Westbrook has a bunch of really memorable moments uh, in his career. And one of them, of course, being the game winner he hit against the Nuggets to secure his triple double season the first time. This time, I think this is up there with that. And I think that it's up there with him. And this is weird because we have you know him hitting a game winner. Him memorializing his friend, and then him looking at the MVP when Durant won it in 2014. I thought that was really something too. The vid- the picture of him just looking at the MVP, thinking like, "Yeah, this is mine now. Like, this is I- I'm up next. This is mine. I, I love it." Uh, when Durant went out, he put willed them to the nine seed, and he I thought he almost averaged triple double that season too. Uh, the year that Durant missed because he had a broken foot. Russell Westbrook again, love him or hate him, he is plays with more passion than anybody else. Like, and it's honestly incredible, and I love to see it every single night. It's it's really it's really something. It really is. I I'm I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. Some of the stuff he does off the court, not off the court, on the court, him kind of being a jerk to uh, other players, stuff like that, bullying other players. I can do without that, but it's fine. I, I'm a I'm a West, Russell Westbrook fan. I like I like the way that he does it. Do I love the shots he puts up? No, not all the time. But I, I think that he's a I, I like him. All right, moving on. Steph Curry fixes his eye issue. All right, who knew that Steph Curry was a needed glasses? Probably Steph Curry because he gets, gets contact lenses. He was shooting 37 percent from behind the arc, and this is how good the Warriors are. Is that <laughs> Curry was having one of the worst slumps of his career, according to everybody that watches the game I guess I didn't even notice it uh he gets his eyes fixed he gets contact lenses and now the entire league is on notice because Curry breaks out of his slump he shot pretty well last or the other night uh this is just me telling you this is me transferring information to you this there's no take connected to this Steph Curry best shooter of all time him figuring out another way to be good uh that's beyond me all right moving on we got the NFL little bit of news uh, Russell Wilson wants a new contract. Uh, we saw this yesterday. Uh, he said that he wanted to get it done by the 15th of April. That's only about 11 days away, depending on when you want to listen to it. So about 10 days. He's got about 10 days to get this contract situation figured out. I am not sold. I am not. I do not think that they're going to get a contract done in 11 days. Um, but what it did is it started a new. Con- it started the dialogue again of how important is Russell Wilson to the Seattle Seahawks and how important is Russell Wilson to the game of football. So we all remember him winning the title in 2015. He almost re- or uh, losing the title in 2014, I want to say, winning in 13, something like that in that in that time period. Uh, the the fact that they lost the title the way they did, and if if Russell Wilson wins back to back Super Bowls and he's a Super Bowl MVP, I think we talk about him in a different light. I think that we don't put. Aaron Rodgers ahead of him. I think that that's weird to say, but I, I think that if he wins back-to-back Super Bowls, even though that defense was really good, and, but the entire team was good. They had Marshawn Lynch too. Uh, if he wins back-to-back Super Bowls, we put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers when we talk about the best quarterbacks in the game. The fact he didn't win that, I don't know if that does anything for him or against him. I don't think that hurts his legacy that much, but only having one, it's, it's weird for me to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I know he's demanding a new contract. I think he's important. I, I don't know if he's the fifth most important player in football. Uh, I think he's the most important player for the Seahawks. But this is where it gets crazy. So I'm not one to call out other radio guys or do anything like that. That's not that's not really the brand that I um, I'm here. I'm not I'm not the dude that's going to call out some people. But Colin Cowherd, 
I didn't hear this. I had it secondhand told to me. Somebody else came up to me and told me, hey, this is what this guy was saying. Uh, Cowherd comes out with this take, and he's kind of saying that, listen, Russell Wilson, he's too good for Seattle. The people of Seattle don't appreciate him the way that he should be appreciated. Uh, and kind of said that, look, his wife, uh, his wife, who's a pop star, she she's not getting what she needs out of Seattle. They need to move to New York. He needs to be the next uh, next quarterback for the New York Jet or Giants. Um, let's break that down. So one, Seattle not being a good enough spot for you. That comes down to two different points. The first point is Tom Brady's wife, international model. Right, one of the most famous models in the world. He's in New England. He's in Foxborough. That's not a pretty place. <laughs> let's let's be real. That's not New York. That's not L.A. That's not Miami. It's 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 New England. All right, and it's not you know pretty fall New England. It's New England in summer. Everybody's hot. Everybody's eating crab cakes. Everybody's pissed. Okay, like that. That's what it is. <laughs> so so let's not let's pump the brakes on. Oh, Seattle's not good enough. First off, Kurt Cobain, Pearl Jam, you know Nirvana, they all came out of Seattle. I feel like Seattle's fine. I think I don't think Seattle is the problem when it comes to oh, there's not enough stuff to do in Seattle. The second thing is. Who are you to tell the people of Seattle that they don't treat Russell Wilson right? Like, it's just is it's, it's shocking to me. I know that Collins from Washington, so maybe he's got connections up there or something. Maybe he knows that, oh, these people aren't worshiping him the way that he should be worshipped. But first off, you know, he's good. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But to call him, like, one of the top five quarterbacks in the game— I, I think that might be correct, but let's not like you know put it up too high, okay? Like, let's not start calling him the best quarterback in the league. And to me, you know, I feel like the Seattle fans are nice. They got the twelfth. They got the twelfth man up there. I, I think they do plenty. The third thing is, and this is what really uh, gets under my grinds my gears, is this Giants take, okay? I think it's more the probability is greater for Durant to go to the Knicks than Russell Wilson to go to the Giants. I don't think the Giants are going to trade for this guy. I don't think the Giants are going to make any push to go get this guy. Mostly because they're a dysfunctional franchise. Secondly, they got rid of Odell. Okay, Your best trade chip right now is Saquon Barkley, and you don't trade a second-year running back who had one of the best offensive seasons ever for a running back as a rookie. He's one of the best offensive rookie running backs of all time. OJ, or uh, Emmitt Smith. You know, Eric Dickerson, he, he's in the same category as those guys when it comes to just being a great rookie running back. You don't you're not going to trade him for Russell Wilson. Like, let's be let's be completely real about that. So. He says Colin, Colin thinks that he's going to go to the Giants. I 100. I don't get I don't have the sources to back that up. I just think that that's an absurd take. I do not buy that any way whatsoever. I'm going to call some guys that I know around New York, and we'll see what happens. I'll call some fans. I'll call some uh, some agents, stuff like that. But I, to me, I don't think that this is going to happen at all. I do not buy it one bit. Last point before we get into story time, uh, RG3, he says he has a chance with Jaguars. He thought last year that he had a chance. He said that they called the Ravens twice to try to make trade offers for him, and the Ra- Ravens shut it down both times. He says that he could have made the Jags better. He thinks he had a chance for the starting quarterback job. I'm not going to disagree with him there. I don't think that he wasn't good. I've never thought Russell uh, 
uh, RG3 was bad. I never thought Robert Griffin was a bad quarterback. I thought that he was an injury prone. I thought he wasn't very smart in the pocket. I thought a lot of things bad about Robert Griffin, but I never thought that he was a bad uh, quarterback for the for the Jaguars. But the thing is, the Jaguars are five and eleven. So how optimistic are you if you're Robert Griffin that you're gonna change? You're gonna turn that franchise around? Look, five and eleven. I don't think Robert Griffin adds three wins to that team to make him eight and eight to make him five hundred. Maybe he adds like a win a win or two to this team, but he's not good enough to be making that much of a splash to make that much of a difference. I think that it's bogus. Maybe he gets a starting job uh, over Blake Bortles. He probably does. Let's be completely honest. Uh, but I do not buy one bit that uh, he adds three wins to that team. All right. Now moving on to story time, because that's another segment we're going to try to do on this podcast a little bit more. Cause I'm considered myself a very funny person so we'll see how funny it is we'll see if this segment lasts or not so we're gonna do story time so i'm just gonna kind of give you a little bit of background and what's happening in my life and how how things are moving uh in a progressive direction so if you don't know if, if you've not been informed you're listening to a bona fide college student talk about sports and you know don't turn your dials it's it's not that bad it's it's been pretty it's been a pretty good ride let's be real the takes have been hot uh, the sports talk is fine. So the, the other thing about being a college student is the classes. Okay. It's not all beer bongs and, uh, parties over here. Okay. So the thing is, is that if you've ever been to a college advising appointment, you know, that they're full of shit, that they're not, they're not, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, when it, when it comes to setting your schedules up. So I am going into my senior year at my university. And what they did was they told me last year, they said, Hey, you seem like a smart guy. I'm not. Uh, they said, listen, you think that you need a mind. We, you need a minor. So what do you want to minor in? And I was like, well, you know, um, I'm an average student at best, a bad student at, you know, normal. Like I'm a pretty, pretty average student. And they said to me, what about business classes? So I said, well, you know, business, Seems like it has real world implications. All right. Well, when do you think I should start taking this class? Well, I'll take them right now. And I said, well, how many should I take? And they said, well, I'll take as many as you need. Take as many as you want right now. So I loaded up on minor my minor this semester. So I have <clears throat> business law, managing, marketing, and accounting. And I have to take finance and economics next year. So I'm taking economics over the summer and finance next fall. But these business classes, and I, I kid you not when I say that they are beating me like a drum, like a literal drum. These classes are beating me over the head. Look, I was having a good day. This is why this podcast doesn't have as much energy as I think the other ones did, because uh, we really were coming in with that West Coast vibe. We really were feeling ourselves. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk basketball. We had a little bit of NFL talk. I was excited about this Old Town Road thing. And then I had somebody tell me, they text me, they call me, they say, listen, you need to check your grades because I got a bad grade on this test. I want to see what you got. I never understand why people call me to tell me to look at my grades because I know I did bad. So all they're doing is asking me to tell them that they did better because that's what it is. It's them wanting to feel better about themselves. So I had been putting it off for you know two days now, about a day and a half. And I said, look, I'm not going to look at these grades because I know that I did poorly and I don't want to you know, look at them if I'm not intoxicated. Cause that's the, really the, you look at your grades on Saturday and you say, wow, this is tough. And then you just continue partying. And then Monday morning you wake up and you get back to work. 
So I didn't want to do that. So it's Thursday. We're recording the podcast. I'm getting ready to go in. I got this last effort, this push of people telling me, hey, check your grades. So I checked my grades. I did very poorly on all these tests. I had three tests this week. I did poorly, or I had four tests this week. I did poorly on three of them. So not great odds. Okay, if I was hitting, if I was a baseball player, 250, shoot, I'm an all-star. But in real life, it's not looking good. So now I'm like, do I kick my minor? What do I do? So I'm, you know, talking to people. I'm saying, what should I do? Do you think I should kick this? What? And consensus is that I should continue to do this podcast because they love the content. But they also told me I should probably just drop out and do University of Phoenix online because that's what it's looking more and more like. I'm not going to do that. I'm probably going to try to stick around with this minor a little bit more. Uh, but it has been so rough. It has been very, very rough. Let me tell you, if you are not a college kid, if you're a kid or if you're a parent and you're talking to your kids and they're in high school and they're going to go into college, or if you're a person who's never taken a hybrid class before, I, I strongly urge not to do it. Going to class is tough, but teaching yourself accounting is worse. Okay. You don't want to do it. You don't, it, you don't, don't do it. It's not fun. It's not, not the right career move for you. If you're a parent and your kid is like, hey, I'm taking a hybrid class, tell them to stay on top of it as well as they can. I've taken two hybrid classes before this semester. I did well in both of them. I got a B and an A in two of them. Uh, this year, I'm looking at C's and D's, right? I am working for a C and a D because it's been that bad of a semester. Look, I love you guys. Please light prayer candles for me because it's going to be a very tough uh, last month of the year as I try to drag these grades back to the land of the living because right now they are dead as doornails all right thank you so much for listening you can follow me on twitter at andrew underscore zimmel that's at andrew underscore zimmel on twitter you can go like us on itunes share our quality content send it everywhere you can because like i said we are out here trying to create a brand and we need you to do that thanks for listening Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.